Hariyom, and welcome to Live Vedanta, Parenting Culture, a podcast series that explores how we can apply Vedanta, the science of happiness, towards all our relationships. This podcast is for all caregivers who want to nurture relationships. So this applies to all parents, parents-to-be, teachers, uncles and aunts, and grandparents. The content for the upcoming episodes are from the weekly parenting culture community, and specifically the discourses by Sri Vivek Gupta, the spiritual guide of Chinmay Mission Niagara. If you've discovered this podcast independently, please check out the show notes for details on how to join this virtual community of caregivers. It's now time to listen and learn. And greetings from Niagara Falls. In the Ramayana, when Hanumanji meets Sri Vibhishna for one of the first times, he is observing the context that Vibhishna is living in. Vibhishna is living in Lanka. It is this place of great indulgence. And so Hanumanji asks Sri Vibhishana, how are you living here? You're so different than this place. You're so different than these people. And Sri Vibhishana responds with a very beautiful visualization comparison. He shares, I am like the tongue, like a tongue that is living amongst teeth. Now, if you think of what your teeth have done to your tongue throughout your lifetime, your teeth have harmed your tongue so much. So he's sharing this with great dejection, but then it's almost like he looks up at Hanumanji with this brightness and shares, but in the grand scheme, a tongue outlasts teeth. Correct? (laughs) As we get older, I don't think you're going to lose your tongue. You're going to lose your teeth for for sure. Correct? And then a further thought to that is the tongue can call a dentist to take those teeth out. (laughs) And so why I'm sharing this with everyone is all of the teeth in your life. It could be your annoying parents, it could be your challenging children, all of the difficult people in your life are like teeth. This challenge brings out the best in you. And if it's not bringing out the best in you, then a change in perspective is needed. That's why we have seekers culture space, parenting culture space, We have this perspective, but there's always another perspective, another perspective that brings out the best in us. When someone challenges us, what they're doing is they're exposing our weakness. It could be that we're temperamental, it could be that we're indisciplined and so on. And so if you feel 
that the people in your life or this space is challenging you and you're feeling that I'm an angry person or I'm a hopeless person, it is not to just leave it at that, but rather this should trigger more sadhana then. If you're, you find that you're an impatient uh, parent or a caregiver, more sadhana. If you find that you're a small thinking college student or young professional, more sadhana. Our spaces are flowing through an intense exploration of values. When we know the value of a value, then we practice it. And upon practicing that, it transforms into being a virtue. The last value we explored was, is shanti. Shanti in English means forgiveness. The more people you relate with, the more important this value. The more closely you relate to someone, the more important this value. A way for us to remember how to practice forgiveness is based on who we are. There are many facets that make up who we are. And with each facet, it's a reminder that we can practice in this way. At the spirit level, at the spirit level, there's only oneness. So how do you practice forgiveness? You don't take offense. If you don't take offense, then you don't have to practice forgiveness, correct? But for those who take offense to everything, it's always a game of forgiveness. Saying sorry, giving sorry, and so on. Another perspective is that of the ego. How do you practice forgiveness from the ego perspective? That every one of us is born with vasanas or ego or vices. Those are all synonyms. We're born with that. And we're born to change that. To become more egoless, to become more virtuous. So when I know that everyone's born like this, it becomes more natural to forgive them that some people are born being lazy so that I can forgive them. And them growing out of that, that's their responsibility, not my responsibility. From the intellect level, we're coming further to the surface. The intellect is that which decides, which dreams, which has ideals. So the way to practice forgiveness from this perspective is to focus on strengths. When you focus on another's strengths, it's easier to forget about what they've done to you to harm you. I was in Buffalo yesterday with some of you and I was teaching a group of kids. And at one point I was teaching the grade six, seven, eight class. And I was trying to encourage them to focus on strengths. So I asked this class, what about me annoys you? And I could read their minds that there was a lot, but everyone was too shy to, sh to share anything. So I kept on going from student to student. What annoys you? 
meet you about me and so on and so forth until finally one of the students said your beard annoys me <laughs> and I said what about my beard and he goes it's so messy <laughs> and I acknowledged what he had shared and I said but as long as you're focusing on my beard what are you missing out on and then he's such a sweet person he goes your soothing voice <laughs> And I said, fine, fine, but really what you're missing out on is the teachings, the teachings from, in that context, Bhagavad Gita, correct? So when you focus on someone's strengths, it becomes more natural to forget about this and that that they've done or not done. Make sense? We come further to the surface. From the mind level, how do you practice forgiveness? Those who have harmed us, those we don't like, we tend to think about the most. Do you acknowledge that? If you have to go to a party, there's a good chance you're not thinking about who's going to be there that you like. <laughs> you're preparing for who's going to be there that you don't like. You have to see them and talk to them and so on, correct? And that's why what's so beautiful is built into the word shanti is shanti, which means peace. So at the mind level, forgive, that way you can get them out of your head. Otherwise, they're taking precious space in your mind and your, your, your um, bandwidth and so on. At the breath body level, we're nearly at the surface of who we are. Our body is this inert, raw material that is generally clumsy. Yes. How many of you stubbed your toe this month already? <laughs> so proudly, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, me, me. <laughs> See, and you didn't do it on purpose. It just happened because the body is clumsy. You close doors too fast. We close, the, open them too slowly. So... If someone has harmed you at, you know, at a physical level in this more accidental way, then let it be an accident. And at a lifestyle level, then. spirit, ego, intellect, mind, body, lifestyle, at a lifestyle level, why or how should one forgive? Because one wants it back. I forgive you because I know that I'm going to harm you overtly, covertly. And that's the culture I would like amongst roommates or at a home and so on and so forth. Based on what I've shared, I feel there's more ways to practice forgiveness than to not practice forgiveness. Yes? Okay. We continue. Amanitva, Adambitva, Ahimsa, Kshanti, our fifth value now. Arjava. Arjava. In English, this means authenticity. Our fifth value that we are going to intensely explore is authenticity. 
How many of you join me for Meaningful Mornings, live or recorded, by show of hands? Okay. In Meaningful Mornings, we are in chapter 10. Some verses from now, Bhagavan Krishna is going to share that the great are the Pandavas. And the greatest amongst this set of great is Dhananjaya. He says, Pandavanam Dhananjaya. That amongst the Pandavas, the greatest is Dhananjaya. Another name for him is Arjuna. And that's where his name comes from. He is most Arjava. The most authentic, the most straightforward, the most honest, the most open, the most direct was Arjuna, and that's why he was the ideal student for Bhagavan Krishna. Arjava is a lovely value. And obviously, Bhagavan Krishna is validating this, but anyone who reads the writings of sociologists and studies and research and so on, two of the dominant qualities that attracts us to another, one is depth and the other is authenticity. Nobody likes people who are fake or inauthentic. Yes, so Bhagavan has shared this, sociologists have shared this. Zooming into this, how do we practice authenticity? How do I become a more authentic personality? It is following your own advice. I've repeatedly shared that in seeking culture, in parenting culture, following your own advice. But now I'm going to increase the rigor of this in all spaces at all times. Follow your own advice in all spaces, at all times. When we do this, really what we're following is rightness. This is the right way to think and speak and act. This rightness, there's another English word that sounds like this righteousness. But if you follow your own advice in some spaces at some time, that makes us have a closet personality. It's imposter syndrome that I behave with you in one way, I think in another way, and so on and so forth. See, that's not authenticity then, correct? At uh, our kids' school, the last Friday of the month is dress down day. They have a uniform where they have to wear blue pants and a blue shirt. And on dress down dates, pizza date too. So today while we were having dinner, we're eating potato soup and, and bread. And Vyasa was thinking about pizza. <laughs> and so we're all, we're all eating, meaning Sheila and I are eating. <laughs> and Vyasa says to all of us, on pizza day, we're all gonna share. He's talking about the kids in his class but I can't share because I'm a vegetarian. 
he had shared that, you know, that everyone else is eating meat pizza or pepperoni pizza and he's eating cheese pizza or whatever it is. And my point in all of this is suppose, suppose Vyasa ate, and I'm just giving you this example of a Vyasa. Suppose Vyasa ate meat only on pizza day. So once a month he ate meat, but the 29 other days he didn't eat meat. Is Vyasa a vegetarian then? Most of you are saying no. And that's my point, yes? Him practicing this in some spaces at some times doesn't make him this. He has to practice this in all spaces at all times for him to be this. So now that's just a lifestyle example. Naturally, this has to be extended to our own advice. We want people to be kind. We have to be kind. We want people to be generous. We have to be generous and so on. Now, one more facet of authenticity. Every person we interact with has a different scope of what can be shared with them. Do you all have someone in your life who doesn't have a filter? They just say whatever's on their mind, even when they shouldn't say whatever's on their mind. Do you all have such people in your life? And as they're speaking, you're just, why don't you have a filter? You shouldn't be saying this right now or shouldn't be saying it in this way. We all know such people. <clears throat> when we share with others, we should share with them based on reality, based on practicality. We should share with them, but at a level that they can handle, a level that is healthy for them. And my suggestion to you is whatever is healthy for them, push them a little bit more just a little bit more, because if you push them too much, then that could harm them. And if you don't push them enough, that can harm them too. So one facet of this, I'll give you an example that I find we don't talk about enough in our community. Two are coming to my mind right now. One is, for those who are a little bit older, miscarriages. The majority of women that I've met Families that I've met have had a miscarriage, but nobody talks about that. Mental illness could be another one, but the more general one is death. We just don't talk about death enough. So now, if I'm speaking to someone who's really immature, mentally immature, then instead of talking to them about death, I should talk to them about change, correct? because they're too immature to understand death. So I can talk to them about change, but not just change of this body. I can talk about if you depend on that which changes, you're never gonna be happy. See how I'm sharing reality, I'm sharing practicality, but I'm pushing them a little bit. Pushing them a little bit so that what is truth, that authenticity comes out more strongly and accentuating this a little bit more as you decide what to share, how much to share, how to share with someone, education, educating them is the best way for them to understand. I'd listen to a sentiment, which I already know, but hearing it 
made it more clear for me that shaming is the worst way of teaching. Shaming is the worst way of teaching because there's no education in that, correct? It's only fear-mongering. I think that's the term. You're only breeding fear. And so conversely, the best way to teach, whether it's a roommate or a parent or a coworker, is through education. Educate them why they should know more about change, why they should know more about death. Getting to that authenticity, that truth. How many of you are in the education field? Somehow you're an administrator, you're a teacher, and so on. For all of you who are in the education field, which value do you find to be the most important to facilitate education? Please share in the chat. Write it out. Trust. Mm -hmm. Compassion, yes. Empathy, yes. All correct. Acceptance. What I was thinking about, and I'm in an education field in a sense, is patience. To facilitate education, this demands patience. Because you're practicing authenticity, you want someone else to be authentic too. You want them to be more deep, so you're educating them, but they're not there yet, so you have to keep on educating them, keep on being patient. See how with this one simple word of arjava, so much more needs to be practiced. What a lovely subject. Oh. Want to join Parenting Culture Live? Good news, we have the information on how you can attend in the show notes. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmay Mission Niagara provides a community forum to listen, reflect, and contemplate. And this podcast is produced by Evolving Adults of Chinmay Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. For more updates on what's happening in the Chinmay Mission Niagara community, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at CM Niagara. But until next time, inspire, love, be.